Hey guys, welcome back to another week of the Two Guys on Politics podcast. I'm back and I'm producer Brian Broking. I'm Bill Lipinski. And I'm Ray Hanania. And Brian, you had an interesting topic about politics in America and government and the way information goes back and forth. And you think that it's kind of discouraging younger people when they see, it's almost like they pulled the veil off of the lion, right? The Wizard of Oz. And you can see the guy, uh, somebody manipulating what's being done. Tell us what what it what it is. Yeah, so I kind of want to talk this week about you know basically the crisis of modern leadership in America, and I, I think we've we've seen and we've talked about previously kind of how we've been rewriting history as we discover more about people in the past, people like Abraham Lincoln, you know Thomas Jefferson, you know American heroes, American greats are being rewritten into a worse light as we learn more information about them. We're taking their names off of schools, taking down statues, stuff like that. And I think that issue, you know, kind of comes into the modern politic in the way that we're beginning to erode our trust in our current leaders. We we jump to conclusions and jump to disbelieve them much more quickly now. So a couple examples of this, um, and, and this happens on both sides of the aisle, but there's things like Early on in COVID, we had the lab leak hypothesis that people wouldn't talk about. You couldn't give it a second thought in the mainstream media. A year later, it comes out that most scientists agree it was probably leaked from that lab in Wuhan. Next is masks. Fauci very early on in the pandemic said, you know, masks don't do anything. And then he flip-flopped. And that kind of flip-flopping looks weak. And it's easy to analyze that in modern kind of technology and look at it and say, look, he flip-flopped, he went back and forth. And these kind of things are all over the place. Trump had, you know, how, who knows how many of them where he'd say one thing one day, one thing another. The same thing with Biden. Biden doesn't seem to have a coherent thought, so he just kind of jumps from thought to thought and we don't believe him. There, there's all these kind of issues where it's too easy to see the person. You don't see like the hero or the icon. You see the actual person now. And I think that's eroding our trust in, you know, modern leaders. What do you, you think our leaders in the past were of higher quality, had more character, were more concerned about the country? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so at all. I think it's the same. I, I think it would be silly to think human nature has changed. I think all, is, all that's been changed is what we see leaders as, right? We, we're able to see everything. We see Biden falling off his bike. You know, you'd never see that 10, 20, even, well, you know, well, we did. We uh, just we had one president who would get hit by golf balls all the time, Gerald Ford. Remember, <laughs> he would get hit all the time, or he'd he fall. He fell. Yes, he fell on a regular many times, and we'd get to see that all the time. Yes, <laughs> but even going so farther happen. back, farther back, uh, it happened. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll admit that. But I, I think it's it's just the constant kind of change of different things. Where with that, and then we're constantly changing the terminology too between things, such as this week, we've changed the definition of a recession. The Biden administration will not admit that we're in a recession, even though for the first, you know, 250 years of this country, two consecutive quarters of GDP going down, that's a recession. That's the basic definition. But we're changing that. We're fighting that because we want to kind of fight back against this new media that everyone's gonna jump on it, think we're in a recession and then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think kind of, I'll oh, go ahead, Ray. 
No, I was um, going to say, do you think that's about uh, uh, political manipulation and taking advantage of the new world today where you have social media and everybody has an opinion all of a sudden? It used to be you'd have the media doing news and opinion. Um, the public would watch and learn. They'd talk to each other. Now everybody is a journalist. Everybody's a writer. Everybody's a commentator. Uh, everybody like us, we're podcasters. Right. You know, it's not hard to do that. Doesn't isn't that what's causing the problem? There's no clear line between people's responsibilities and jobs. I can be a surgeon tomorrow because I watched a lot of uh, Ben Casey movies when I was younger. Hey, it doesn't look hard. Cut somebody open lift up their heart, put a new one in. Hey, that's simple, right? Do I got to go to school for that? Nah. Well, I, I do think that's, that's very true of, you know, information disseminates throughout the United States population so quickly now that you, it, it's never been harder to be in like the PR wing or the ops department of the White House. And they're constantly thinking how to spin things. Be this in the Trump or Biden White House. It doesn't matter. The press secretary is basically the worst job in America. Why? Because really what you have to do is spin the truth constantly, because if you tell the truth, it's going to get disseminated to the entire American population. They're going to know, you know, the basis of the, you know, skim down two line version of what just happened. And it just doesn't that's not how the world works, but that's how the media empire in America does. Who was the one that started, uh, you know, if you, you tell the big lie often enough, people will believe it. Who was the first individual who said that and did that i have no idea either one of you historians know well i'm going to think i'm going to go back to world war ii and Josef goebbels who uh, the nazi who said the big lie if you say it enough it becomes the truth but i think there's a more modern version of that no as far as i know it was his boss that first said that guy by the name of adolf hitler okay that said that and unfortunately, today, I think so many people in the news media, uh, in politics, uh, even people who are in government, but not really in politics, they've all taken that position. I don't know who tells the truth any longer. I, you know, to me, they're all spin doctors. They all want to get their own point of view out. And I think that that is contributing very heavily to the division in this country. People don't know who they can trust. And I think that's what the two of you are saying also. And I think that's, you know, we're going down, you know, a hole that I don't know how we're ever going to get out of because no one trusts anybody. Well, I, I saw this weekend where Jon Stewart, who's an entertainer and a comedian, was at a press conference at Washington with a couple of uh, Congress people. And they were saying that, those damn, you know, people, they won't support veterans. They won't give the veterans their benefit. And it sounded so bad, you know, like, you know, they're yelling, this is the truth. They're, they, they're denying veterans their rights. And then by accident, I heard one of the hosts say, oh yeah, that was, uh, there's this huge bill with all kinds of provisions in it. And there's one aspect about veterans. And a lot of people did want to support the huge bill but they're being attacked because of that one provision about veterans. And I'm going, that's a whole different story than what these people were telling and how the media reported it. Oh, exactly. I mean, people take kernels and then extrapolate over it. A couple, what is it, a week and a half ago, AOC was handcuffed and taken away from right. the protest. 
her hands were not tied behind her back and they went over and got her water in the corner. I mean, it's it's not like they were arresting her. She went over and hung out with the rest of the squad. It, hey, he, this, this this isn't Iran or Russia, so we you know we we treat people a lot nicer. It, it's optics, but the problem is neither side is able to call out their own side for doing it. Because this is a problem right. with Trump as well. Trump would say these things, and if you read between the lines, if you're a Republican, you're like, I agree, but no one was willing to say the you know the guard around the idea was bad and he shouldn't say that, right? And, and that's kind of the problem where how do you differentiate, you know, what actually needs to be said and then kind of the, the cushion around it. I, I always believed, that, go ahead, Bill, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, you know, I'll do it quickly. Before your time, uh, there was a guy by the name of Gabriel Heater, okay? And he was a commentator on the radio he was known nationwide. He was probably on 500 stations. He was the liberal voice of the Democratic Party, that one guy. On the right, there was a guy by the name of H.B. Keltenborg, okay? He was the conservative voice. He was, you know, espoused the Republican Party. Everybody knew what those two people were, so they understood, you know, much more uh, about who was saying what in how much you could believe. There were people back in those days who really were objective newscasters and not spin doctors like those two guys are and like almost everybody is today. Now, I agree with both of you. It is a very, very significant problem. I think that those forces that want to divide us as much as possible, of course, are really getting into it more and more and more. But we've got to be able to find some way of doing something about it. I don't, I don't have an answer, but we need to find some answer that we can start trusting one another. I mean, I'm sure that there has never been more distrust of the federal government than there is today. But I always believed as a journalist that uh, um, if you give people the facts, they could come to their own conclusion and, and they would believe the right thing if you just give them the facts. But when you are against the facts or you don't like the way things are happening, you have to spin it. And the more, and today I think we get 90% spin and 10% facts. And it's so hard to find the facts even online because everything now is spun. It's hard to find a factual source um, and it takes a while to do that. And, and that's a tragedy, I think it hurts us. Well, let's, let's think about like, one story, for example, like the one against the veterans that John Stewart was protesting against. So if we think about what the facts of this story were, it was there is a massive bill in the House, right? Right. That some Republicans voted no against because of X, Y, and Z. I don't know what those were, but there were some reasons. Okay. Right. And then the media spins that and says they voted against a bill that had X in it. And those are two different, like that's a fact as well but it's not the full scope of the story. And that's the problem, that spin, that piece that we miss where you don't actually get to determine. Because you look at that and say, oh, the Republicans are voting against veterans, how dare they? But that's not what they're doing. They're voting against X, Y, and Z. And you may even agree with them for voting against X, Y, and Z, or you may not. But the, the point is you're not actually judging them on what they judge the bill on. You're judging them on some piece of it. Well, this kind of... 
let us get, uh, and I think we can bring this in right now, uh, on the local level, uh, there was a young man, an Arab young man, who he and two of his friends were stopped for some traffic violation. Uh, two of his friends, I guess, submitted to being searched and so forth, but he decided he was going to, to run away from the Oak Lawn police. Now, what I saw yesterday and what the news commentators had to say really was how the Oak Lawn police beat this young man up, quite frankly. And there was a video from a camera showing the police tackling this guy and pummeling, hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. I had great sympathy for this young man. I thought, the police, why are the police beating him up so bad? And the news commentator came back on and said he was in the hospital. He had a broken nose. You know, his face was all beat up. Uh, and in essence, inferring he was attacked for no reason. Today, I brought that up and I was talking to Ray about it. And Ray, what did you have to say about it? Well, I mean, I heard the same story and right away because I'm Arab American, all these Arabs are saying, Ray, did you see those racist Oakland police beat up that Arab teenager for no reason? And I go, that's terrible if that's true. And then I, I reached out to the Oakland police. I wanted to find out what was going on. And I learned that the police had stopped this car because they were driving erratically. They, and then when they got to the car, they smelled what they thought was marijuana. So they asked them each to come out. They politely patted the one kid down. They moved them over. They politely patted that second kid down. The third kid in the back is the one who got beat up. He got out of the car. He had a satchel on him. And you could see the outline of what looked like an automatic weapon in this bag. And the, right away, as soon as the police started patting him, he ran because he knew the police officer was going to feel this gun. And he started running. He took off um, and the police went after him. They caught him and they got him, tackled him to the ground. He was on top of the bag with the weapon. And the police were trying to get him to take his arms out from holding that satchel, that bag. And the only way they could do it was to pound on his legs and pound on his head to get him to submit and listen. And it sounds terrible to beat up on a 17-year-old, but I, it changed the story for me. Why is a 17-year-old walking around with a, a weapon with three clips? Who, was he going to shoot somebody? Um, I mean, what about the parents? You know, I mean, you know, Brian, you're going to be a parent one day, and I'm a parent now. If my son were out there with a gun, I'd beat the crap out of him. I'd be upset about it. I wouldn't be on TV saying, oh, and when they had the mother and the uh, representative from the Council on American Islamic Relations saying they, those two never said he had a gun. They said, oh, my kid is a good kid. Um, he was beat up for nothing. Oakland is a racist community. These are racist cops. And I'm thinking, why do we have to always glorify somebody when, why don't we separate the bad from our community and make the 90% look good instead of wrapping ourselves around a kid like that who clearly did something wrong by having a weapon? Now, see, I, I, I look forward to seeing the news today to see if there is any new presentation of what the situation was 
or will they simply show once again him being pummeled by the police, have his mother be on there, the representative of this Arab organization? Will they tell us any of the real true facts? I bet you they don't. And I, once well, again, you know, I believe that there, you know, I hate to say this, but I believe that there is a conspiracy in this country to take every single issue and try to divide the American people as much as possible. Many great people have said, if anything's ever going to, you know, ruin this republic of ours, it's going to be internally. And I believe it is definitely going on from what Brian was talking about to the story, Ray, that you just gave us. I, I was very sympathetic towards the young man being beat up. And, I, you know, and here it turns out that obviously he deserved what he was getting. But once again, I go back to what can we ever do about it? How can we ever, you know? Well, well, the one the one good thing that happened was that the police came out right away. Normally, the police have always withheld facts to go to trial, so they don't release the true story. And what that does is it allows the mother, you know, the parents of uh, in other cases of street gang members to show the picture of their son in a graduation outfit. He's an ace. He's a good student. He wanted to be an engineer. He was killed, you know, unfairly, blah, blah, blah. They get their story out. They upplay the, the sympathy and downplay the facts, the weapons or the drugs in a lot of these cases. And in this case, the, the police chief in uh, Oakland, Vittorio, I think his name is, he told the story. He said, here, we're going to release the body cams. He said this police immediately suspected he had a weapon. He didn't listen to the police and he started running and they grabbed him. And that video that you see, that's the other bad downside of social media. It only shows that 30 seconds of the boy being down on the ground, being hit by the police. The person taking the video isn't there to get the truth. He's thinking, wow, a George Floyd controversy. My video is gonna go viral. I'm gonna have a million followers on YouTube. I think that's, I mean, definitely the case. It's, it's a recurring issue. Um, I, I know just a week and a half ago, there was a man shooting at a woman in her house. I don't know if you guys heard about this. And he was shot and killed by the police. And he was shot and killed while shooting at, you know, his girlfriend or some friend of his. The GoFundMe page for his funeral raised more money than for the woman and her two children who were being abused by this guy. And people were outside of the home protesting against it because for some reason we we have this like fascination now with anyone killed by the police is a, a great person, fantastic. We, we view the police so negatively in the media now that anything anti-police is immediately a hit. And that's a problem because it changes the way the narrative is. But I think what the Oakland police should do or what police departments need to start doing is they need to get ahead of these stories. I, I know it's a, yes. you know, it's a general thing where they wait because they want all the evidence to come out because that's how the law works. The law works. You get right. all the evidence in a court of law and decide. But the problem is these police departments need to start fighting in the court of public opinion because that comes out first. People determine it and people don't even care what happens in the actual courts. They'll forget about it long after that and something new will come up. So these police departments need to start coming out with all of the information 
after an incident. Because what does that say? They're being transparent, which people will respect. And two, they get out in front of the story. And if they withhold facts of it, then it's very obvious. And then you could say, yes, this was police misconduct. And you could very easily differentiate the two different scenarios. Uh, Ray, you said the police got the story out quickly, but they didn't get the story out quick enough uh, for five o'clock news yesterday. They That's true. About, you know, what you have talked about in the real situation that occurred there. Now, if the Oakland police had gotten that out, perhaps the news media didn't want to cover it from that angle. They wanted to get this poor Arab boy being beat up by these terrible white police officers. I don't know. I don't know what their motivation was. I don't know what the timing was. All I do know is that once again, it divides us. I think it should be a duty of the news media to make sure that any story, they get all the true facts before they put it out. Uh, I don't right. you know. You, you got Fox News and they spin it one way and CNN and MSNBC spin it another way. We have to find some news outlet can possibly be, you know, as objective. Everybody has biases, okay? And we understand that. But if you can control those biases, I think there's a, a great need in this country for an objective news reporting. And I also think that we should stop talking about the fact that the founding fathers, most of them were slave owners. It's a different time, it's a different place. And they criticized the founding fathers because women didn't have the right to vote. No women, any place in the world had the right to vote at that time. You know, we cannot, you know, continue to do this. You're destroying the country that you live in, the greatest country in the history of the world by going along with that. More people have to stand up and speak out. Yeah, our, our, our system of information is corrupted because it's no longer a, 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 a objective news media. It's a biased social media. Whoever gets out in front of the camera first defines the story. And that's always been true. The, the first version, first impression is what people believe. So they, the protesters with the family got out, held their press conference, got the information out. The police chief finally did come out with the information. And I say quick, because normally it could take weeks before they release all that information, the truth. So I'm glad he was able to get it out because I waited because it, I had heard that there was more there. I actually had a source, uh, a woman who was nearby who saw this and she told me that you could tell that there was some weapon in his bag and she was afraid. Now she's not gonna go public and I'm gonna take a beating from the activists in the Arab community, the 5% that bully our community, that dominate our community, they're gonna be mad at me because I'm not going to sympathize with this kid. And I'll tell you what, I will never, I don't care what your color is, black, white, Hispanic, Arab, whatever. If you're a teenager and you have a gun, that's a problem. And I blame the parents for that. And I don't care what the excuse is. They got to stop it. Anyway. All right. I think we covered all of our topics. Oh, I Anything don't know else? All of our topics. I thought we were going to talk about, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi and her husband, uh, Paul, uh, making all this money off of investments, how he would buy stock uh, in something. And then all of a sudden, a week or two later, the Congress of the United States would do something 
that made that stock worth more money. Uh, now, I don't know if that's true or if it isn't true. From what I have read, what I have researched, I'm inclined to believe it is true. But where do I find out what the truth really is? Now, I know Nancy Pelosi is very well off. You know, they own a vineyard in Napa Valley. They own a lot of other stuff. So obviously they've made some good investments over the course of time. But once again, there we have to find out what the truth is. I'm certainly no spirit carrier, you know, for Nancy Pelosi. I mean, when I was in Congress, she was there. I could tell you some stories, but I won't in this podcast. All I will say, it's incredible that she got to be speaker and she's been there for so long. But I would like to get an objective evaluation of was her husband and her using her position in Congress to enrich themselves. Well, and the media, go ahead, Brian. I'll, I'll talk, I, I guess, two pieces here. So first, kind of what I understand about the story is it's been a thing to track Nancy Pelosi's portfolio movements, really her husband, but the family portfolio movements for the past like two years. Because it first got big when the family's portfolio bought a lot of uh, Moderna and like a, a couple of the other vaccine companies right before the US signed a huge contract to buy all those vaccines. And people started tracking this and thinking a little more like, all right, is, is there some kind of interesting things happening uh, behind the scenes. And then most recently, their family's you know, portfolio bought NVIDIA, which is a direct beneficiary of the bill announced last week that would give a lot of subsidies to bring back the semiconductor manufacturing to the United States. What's interesting, though, is after that story broke, they immediately sold the stock for a large loss and instantly reported it on the congressional tracker as a huge loss for their family's holdings. So what's questionable about that is you have, I think, 15 or 30 days to actually report those things to Congress. They decided to report this that day, which they've never done before. So to me, it looks like they basically got caught, tried to walk it back, and then we're trying to show people, look, we lost money on this one. We don't win them all kind of thing. So with that, comes the idea of we should probably stop elected officials from trading stocks actively. Their family members, close relatives, we prosecute insider trading. There have been, I think, nine congressmen in the past decade prosecuted for this. Why are they doing it? At the end of the day, the reason you trade stocks actively is you either know something other people don't, or you're essentially gambling at that point. At the end of the day, total index funds, then you're pretty good because you're betting on America's future. So why are these people allowed to trade with clearly insider information, given that the biggest consumer in the United States is the United States government itself? So I think at the end of the day, we need to peel back and you know, pass that law prohibiting all congressional uh, elected officials from trading stocks. Nancy's all for that now. She is all for that she, law. She is. She's come out for it. She, she's she's for that because yeah. she made her hundred million and then shutting the door right behind her. That's another yeah, issue. She's leaving. Have. She's leaving office, right, Bill? Just before she gets moved out as speaker, when the Republicans take over the House, and she decides that she's resigning from Congress. Yes, that's exactly yeah, how it I works. think so. Uh, All right. You won't hear about that for the most part, other than on Fox, uh, you know, CNN, M and. 
MSNBC, ABC, CBS, uh, NB, uh, yeah, CBS, NBC, ABC. They're not going to talk. They don't talk about that stuff. No, you know? no. The media, the media will protect her, yes. um, or downplay it. They won't exaggerate it, to or treat it. Listen, in the old days, a good story was a good story. Didn't matter, you know, who it involved. You try to be fair to the person, you know, make sure they get their side in the story. But a good story like that is a good story. And at one time, that used to drive the media. Today, that's not the case. Politics, partisan politics drives the media. And I think that it's the corruption and problems we see today really trace back to that problem in the media. There's nobody to hold anybody honest anymore. So, all right. Well, listen, fellas, uh, somehow we have to find a solution to this problem. Uh, because uh, it is extremely serious, uh, and I don't really see too many people talking about it. Uh, just one last thing, the situation with Biden's son, okay? Uh, I never hear that on any mainstream. I hear it on Fox if I want to listen to Fox, and there are some bloggers who talk about it all the time that are extremely, you know, on the right but I've never heard about it on any of the big channels or any of the big cable stations. It, they protect them. No? It's a partisan issue. Yeah. It's been made a partisan issue. The left won't cover Hunter Biden. And I think they should. But uh, it's uh, but we should get into that again in our next show. I'm Ray Hanania. I'm Bill Lipinski. And I'm Brian Broken. And we'll see all you guys next week again. Thank you.